Welcome to The Scoop, an informational podcast for graduate students in the College of Music at Michigan State University. My name is Susan Hookstra, graduate advisor, and I'm your host. I'm so excited about today's podcast. We have this our second episode, and it's transitioning into graduate school, three perspectives from recent graduates. Joining us are Iris Golden, Chen Yu Wong, and Patrick Johnson, along with special guest Associate Dean David Rao. So welcome to all of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Oh, we wanted to offer our current students your perspectives and are grateful that you're here for spending this time. And so let's go ahead and get started. Um, as a matter of introduction, um, Patrick, why don't you obviously tell us your name, if you did your degree at MSU or elsewhere, if you were a dual degree student in your current role here at MSU. Yeah, so um, yeah, this is Patrick, and I did uh, all my graduate work here at Michigan State. Um, I did a master's in piano performance and also a master's in music theory and a doctorate in piano performance as well. And now, uh, now I, I teach here. I, I'm an instructor of music theory, and I also teach piano lit as well. Aris? I'm Aris, and I... Got my undergraduate degree, both, both of these are in North Carolina. Uh, undergraduate at UNC Chapel Hill, my master's degree at UNC Greensboro, and my DMA here at Michigan State University. Um, I came back after two years at UNC Chapel Hill as assistant director of university bands, and now I'm here on faculty as assistant director of bands and associate director of the Spartan Marching Band. Um, I did my master's degree, um, artist Moai, and doctorate at uh, University of Illinois, and now I'm teaching hard at MSU. Great. Um, and so, David, why don't you ask him a couple questions? Sure, sure. So, RS, I know that you taught um, taught school, public school, in North Carolina for a number of years. 18 years. 18 years of what level? Middle school band. 18 years of middle school band. Excellent. So what were the surprises uh, what were the surprises that you experienced coming back to doctoral study here and how did you navigate those surprises? Well, if, if there were surprises, they were good surprises. So after 18 years of being the person responsible for giving all the instruction, it was a lot of fun and it was very refreshing to, to come here and be responsible for learning more than teaching. Um, so if there were, I, if there were surprises, they were all enjoyable and it was, it was, I, I don't recall having problems navigating okay. things at all. And if I did, I was able to find people help me Good. navigate. Yeah. We're going to talk about mentors here yeah. in, in a little bit. I think that's a, an important question. So Chen, you, you, I, your undergraduate degree was in not harp, but what? Uh, I was in a piano major. Piano performance. So. And that was in Taiwan? Yeah. Yeah. So then you came to the University of Illinois as a graduate student in HARP. So new culture, completely new culture, uh, and a new instrument. How, what were the surprises when you, got, when you became a graduate student in Illinois? And how did you um, deal with those? Well, uh, there are a couple of difficulties, um, especially just language-wise. Um, Thankfully, like my uh, friends in the Harp Studio are super friendly and then like help me so much. Um, like they try to speak really slowly for me for like my first semester. Um, but I remember, especially for academic writing, is really difficult. Um, mm -hmm. So I remember like the first semester I took uh, 
of music college, a music history class, and and I couldn't finish. I like I had to drop that class because because it was like really difficult to just write like essays. But then like I kept audit the class and then retake the class again for the second semester, and I did mm -hmm. it pretty successfully for the second time. Um, but there are just a couple. Uh, difficulties like that um, but also there are a lot of way more opportunity for me to perform and um, to play in the ensemble so that's something that I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Good. Patrick how about you? What were the surprises? Where's your undergrad from? Uh, from University of Michigan okay. uh, and I was out of school oh, for seven years. So what did uh, you do in those seven years between undergrad and your master's? So I lived in the Detroit area and uh, supported myself as a musician doing various things but um, the bulk of my income I guess was as a church musician um, which I still do but not not to the same degree that I did uh, before going back to school. So um, that was that was one adjustment. I, I came here for a master's degree, uh, and I had to. I, I still decided to try to do um, some of the th musical activities that I was involved in in Detroit. Like um, my, uh, like I played in one of the suburban orchestras down there, and um, also keep up with the church job. So there was a certain amount of balancing um, to be done, but but luckily it, it, it was doable. Um, but another surprise, R.S. mentioned uh, good surprises, was I was not expecting to, to become fired up about theory. Mm -hmm. uh, I, but I, I took a class in my first semester and got really excited about it and, um, and then was encouraged to look into it further. And so my second year at MSU, um, I started look, thinking seriously about the theory masters in addition to piano. Yeah, great. So, uh, Chen Yu, let's come back to you. You, you. The, the question is, what, what's a specific, um, some specific advice or some strategy that you would offer to, to graduate students to have them successfully navigate their program? You talked about the challenge of being an international student mm -hmm. and being in a musicology class the first semester. I thought it was interesting that you dropped it, but you didn't stop going. Mm -hmm. You continued to go, and then when you came back the next time the, and took that class, your writing skills had improved. What other um, maybe strategies would you uh, suggest, either for students in general or specifically for international students for whom English is, is not their first language? Um. Well, first of all, I remember I treat graduate handbook like a Bible. Um, Smart. Would you say, reads would that. You say that one reads more time? That? Susan and I want you to say that one more time, please. Well, I treat the graduate handbook like a Bible. Thank you. All right. <laughs> because I remember uh, I went every time I went to the appointment with um, the advisor there, and then what she did is she just opened to the handbook, and I was like, I can do that too. So so I just like whenever I have like a question about the degree I will refer back to I mean, always like look at the handbook and I make sure I always do the the latest version too. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I think it's important to graduate student. Um, another thing is um, I guess this is more for international student is um, I make like lots of friends 
with Americans who are like native speaker, mm -hmm. and I have them read my paper before I submit it because um, good idea. Um, sometimes, like the li look, our library also has some uh, help with international students, but because they are not music specific, mm -hmm. so um, it's not as helpful as you actually have a music friend who can help you read and sure. tell you like exactly what the teacher is looking for. So I mean, we also have a writing center, but the tutors in the writing center are not musicians. Music major, so yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, and you had, I think, mentioned earlier, maybe that was before we started recording, how supportive the other people in your studio were mm -hmm. and relying on them for support. Right, I remember um, they will ask me to, oh, have you uh, because we would take like hardly literature together and I always have them to read at least three times and sure. I edit, keep editing until it's okay to yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Aris, we, you've mentioned, um, well I use the term mentors, that's sort of the formal term, but some people that you could go to to get information, to get support, to uh, give you a pat on the back or a shoulder to cry on or, or whatever. Talk a little bit about how you sought those people out. Who were they? You know, what would your advice be for graduate students in, in the, and, and what's the importance of finding multiple mentors? Well, you know, I was I'm in many ways very fortunate because the, we, we had a great relationship within our studio in conducting. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's with our teacher, Dr. Setatal. It's with all the other instructors that we had, and they are so key in us growing mm -hmm. and us growing and understanding all the things that we need to, to do to leave here and be successful. So that that's one layer. But I think, as I was sitting here thinking about it, one of the best things I probably did was was make friends with people during classes from the other disciplines <coughs> that are here. So some of my like many of my best friends from this time are of course in the wind conducting studio but the orchestral con conductors mm -hmm. your students the choral mm -hmm. conductors i mean just you know just very broad experiences with all of these people because everybody in this situation especially brings something to the table that can be so mm -hmm. different than your experience mm -hmm. you're just going to learn and grow from those people i mean that's one of the reasons i was excited to come back here is because that community existing in this place right. so I, I think that's as i'm sitting here thinking about it one of my favorite things is just having so many interactions with so many different people who can do so many different things that maybe you can do it too but they maybe do it a little better or just differently a little differently or, yeah yeah i mean that's it kind of just sets your brain on fire if you if you lean into it and allow it to sure to be a part of what you do so Patrick, another issue um, that we seem to that graduate students seem to face are issues of like time management mm. and balancing pra the need to practice, the ensemble hours, and then academic classes. Any advice as someone who as someone who straddles both worlds, who both teaches in the academic area but has a DMA in performance and and is a performer? How, any suggestion about time management? <laughs> yeah, I th well, it is. It's an important skill, and I sometimes, sometimes I think that I have good time management, and sometimes I think I'm just willing to spend as much time as is necessary. And maybe it just goes back and forth. I, I mean, I always think I, I could do better, but um, 
I mean, some things that I found helpful for me, maybe they might be helpful for others. Um, I found that I, if I were willing to practice early, that would that was like, I I don't know that that helped me. I you know early people, in the day. Yeah, early in the yeah. day. Yeah, like start off, um, and and don't feel that you have to do all your practicing in one chunk. I mean that that's easy to th- to think or that would be convenient, but I don't know how many of us have you know a solid like three hour chunk or whatever mm-hmm. to do our score study or do our practicing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know starting the day with even if it's just 45 minutes or an hour uh, to, to get an hour in on the piano before I started my teaching or academic work, that was important. Um, so, uh, and then you can come back to it uh, later in the day and just find time. Um, so, so I guess that, that was one thing. Um, and I also knew, I mean, to some degree, like, I, well, I, I was. I would sometimes wonder if grad school, if the schedule of grad school was sort of unsustainable for the long term. I mean, it can be really, it can be really crazy mm-hmm. at times. And, and I think just knowing that, um, that, I, I mean, yes, time management is, is important. But um, know that your life might not always be that crazy. Mm-hmm. That, that might come as some comfort to some people. <laughs> there is an end yeah, yeah. to graduate school. Exactly, exactly. Can you ask how about any suggestions for time management? I'm a list maker. You know, I will sit down at, and I try to only do it at the beginning of the week because if I do it every day, it gets a little like, mm-hmm. ah! But I'll sit down and go, okay, what, what are the, the big ticket items that need to happen get those and if there's any other like smaller items and I will just prioritize so that I know where I'm going from you know day to day so that I don't get overwhelmed because if I get overwhelmed my tendency is to just shut down Mm -hmm. which not good in this situation like currently or as a graduate student because there's just a lot going on but that that's how I tended to make it work for me Um, Because it would just help me clarify where blocks of time were and what I needed to commit myself to at any given time. Can you anything? Um, Something that I learned along the way is, um, well, because as a harpist, like we value like ensemble uh, excerpt as much as solos, Mm -hmm. and sometimes practicing the ensemble part could be very time consuming. So I actually try to do a lot of solo work done in breaks like summer summer or Mm. winter breaks and um so then i i'm less stressed in the semester uh and i also try to like so in the beginning semester i try to just list all the uh, orchestra everything i need to play and have a deadline Mm -hmm. so i kind of know like okay like just kind of like refer that back to um you know back and back and to see, make sure I'm like in time for yeah. everything. Sure. Yeah. You already mentioned one great resource, the Graduate Handbook. What about other, are there, I mean, Susan and I believe there are other resources, many other resources, but what are some other resources that you discovered either at Illinois or here that you, and how do you access them and how would you advise students to access those resources? Any other? I. I Besides the handbook, some of the the one or two time seminars that are offered either at the College of Music, like the the run through the Running Start mm-hmm. program, I thought those were great and and uh, 
oftentimes very practical too, just giving mm -hmm. you skills, things to think about for for the future. There was a there was like a one day uh, s session a few years ago on college teaching that the university did, or 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 just h how to um, get ready for college interviews mm -hmm. for jobs. Mm -hmm. I thought those were helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and even since you were a student, the Running Start program here, of course, has really oh, greatly expanded. There's it's huge lots now. of yeah. things. In fact, I think that mm -hmm. we just did a, they, she just did a session on applying for college jobs. Mm -hmm. And if I could interject, I think that there's a saying that with many advisors, you shall succeed. And I think here, like Arsh, you were describing that there are people here that want to help. You've got your private instructors or your studio people, your colleagues. You mentioned your colleagues. Um, obviously, the handbook is a great a great tool. Um, you've got you know Christine in the Running Star for career development. You've got me here for helping you kind of pick your puzzle piece so you know how to time out your degree requirements and be prepared. And and then, of course, you have your guidance committee if you're a doctoral student. So there's, and your teachers, can't forget them, <laughs> your instructors. So there's a lot of people here to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, even people who've come through and have graduated recently also, you know, they're just a part of the, the, the greater, I guess, family tree. They're mm -hmm. also just as mm -hmm. informed as people who are currently here. So mm -hmm. don't right. forget about those folks either. Right. Uh. Not to mention the university resources. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, the we graduate have school, you, I would guess that, that Patrick, the uh, workshop that you referenced was probably led by the graduate school, but they also have lots of, yes. lots of resources. And count the counseling, counseling area, center. and yeah, and and, and inter there's a lot of things for international students mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think all three of you were graduate assistants or teaching assistants. Um, I always think that's a difficult role because on the one hand, you're still a student, and on the other hand, you're a teacher and a faculty, you're kind of playing, uh, not playing the role, but you're in the role of a faculty member, and especially in some areas, you might be teaching students that you're the, then interacting with in an ensemble, in a sort of a colleague capacity. So any, um, any thoughts, I don't know, Patrick, you want, if you want to start about how you balanced the role of being a student and being a teacher as a graduate assistant? Yeah, I... I don't remember it being a huge challenge, but it's something that I was aware of. And I think maybe the age difference sometimes for me mm -hmm. um, helped. Like I was a, a TA for music theory classes and I, they were for undergraduate classes. So in those cases we were talking, you know, a, a difference of 10 plus years um, at the time. It's more now, but uh, <laughs> uh, in, anyway. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess a little advice, sometimes if I was feeling that I needed to somehow uh, make that role clear, like I was, you know, an instructor today, sometimes just what, what you wear uh, will help, you know. So if I, I did start teaching graduate classes and mm -hmm. um, when I was still a grad student. And sometimes I felt, well, maybe I should dress up today. <laughs> that'll help. Sure. That'll help me feel a little more confident. And um, it, yeah, I mean, not not a, that it was an issue, but it's just something sure. to think about. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Patrick's exactly right about everything you just said, and I think with um, with the with the conducting studio, I I never felt like that was an issue, just because our our teachers tended to treat us 
more in in ensemble settings like we were their colleagues. We had our own specific rehearsal time, our own pieces we were going to work on or rehearse. So it was it was not an issue that I ever felt. Now, of course, I much like you, there's some distance between me and your your standard college student. So that was probably something you know I sensed as well. But I, I don't really feel like that was ever an issue. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it wasn't so much an issue either. Um, also, like I was a TA, but I teach like elective students, mm -hmm. so it's also... So you weren't teaching music majors? Um, well, I was only teaching them for orchestra excerpts. Oh. Okay. Um, but again, it's like a very small studio. It's not like I'm teaching to like 30 right. people um, right. um, class. And another thing is... Uh, Although I was a student, but like we were trained to kind of, uh, my, my teacher kind of stressed on like, you are a graduate student, you should treat yourself as a professional. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you just change your mindset, I, I, yeah, it's just, uh, it's easier to think yourself as a professional, either a student or a teacher. Mm -hmm. That is one thing Susan and I stress in the initial GA orientation is particularly for students coming straight out of undergraduate school as master students who are now cast in the role of being a graduate assistant to see themselves as young professionals I think is that can be a little bit of a, a little bit of a challenge that mm -hmm. that transition um, so we know that doctorates are um, complicated more complicated really than than master's degrees master's degrees you just sort of show up and you take take some classes and you do here you do one recital and you can schedule your orals and you're done doctorates have coursework uh, they have comprehensive exams uh, they have uh, for in the case of performers for recitals and then they have a lecture recital and a document uh, what were the challenges in finishing along the way were there challenges in finishing those components or uh, su succeeding with those components and what were the resources you access that helped you finish them or what were some strategies you used etc. Chenyu let's start start with you. Um, the biggest challenge for me was um, start my dissertation and finish it. <laughs> to get it started? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I think... Uh, and I, then finish it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, comms for us wasn't... I mean, like, taking exam is not something that I, it's new for me, so I can take exam. But um, as soon as that's over, and um, I remember, like, few months later my teacher asked me so how's your um, dissertation doing and I was like wait should I start it <laughs> so I, I didn't realize I have to like initiate everything on my own mm -hmm. um, and after you l read like tons of books like it's still hard to start um, but then I realized it's actually easy to start first then you kind of uh, work away work you know, your way around it because you might change your ideas. Mm -hmm. But if you don't start, then it ju you just never start. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you don't start, you don't finish. Right, either. right. And uh, uh, to to finish the dissertation is kind of hard too because um, before I ended, like, I already had the offer. Um, so that was kind of hard for me to like start working and also like try to write but at the same time I have a deadline so the deadline is very very helpful too. Sure, sure. So Patrick, um, you're the uh, performer and here performers have to do four 
uh, one chamber music recital, three solo recitals, and then either two lecture recitals or a lecture recital and document. So both from your own experience and what you've, what you've seen, uh, where are the hang-ups hang from your experience and also the experience of some of your piano uh, compatriots? Yeah, I think, I think one of, well, one, one piece of advice maybe is, is I think DMA students um, who are going to do two lecture recitals, I, I think it's a good idea if they kind of keep a running list of research ideas, think things that interest them mm -hmm. um, uh, because then they you know they, they can explore those they don't have to start from scratch like is you know um, if, if you start thinking about it now then um, it, it'll be there rather than say cross this hurdle and then think about the next or cross this hurdle and think about what comes after um, for me one of the challenges was once I was done with the comps so ABD what was left for me in my case was two lecture recitals and, um, but I was also starting to teach classes here. I was not a TA by that time, but I was employed by mm -hmm. MSU, the College of Music, to teach a certain amount of classes. So part of my mindset was like, oh, well, um, th this was one year at a time. I probably won't have as much teaching opportunities next year. So maybe I, uh, so I'll just put it put off it until off. next year. <laughs> with with mm -hmm. what in fact happened, very fortunately, was I actually had more right. teaching <laughs> opportunities each year. And so like one, then, then one summer, um, it, it finally, I, I got a full-time offer here, to full-time uh, instructor. And I thought, oh gosh, okay, so I, I just have to finish. So, so for me, it was just de like deciding, okay, the teaching's never gonna go away, mm -hmm. luckily. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not that I would want it to. But um, I just had to, dis to uh, decide it, it's got to get done. So um, mm -hmm. I needed to, yeah, I, so I made it happen in that, that first year that I was a full-time uh, instructor. And I remember when you were doing that because I had, I had asked you if I could play a recital and you said, I, I can't this semester because i got to finish this thing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. So there, and, and it's so hard, I think, for many musicians to say no um, but it's a skill that, that is important to be able to really to, to look at what you need to get done and, and to graciously say to someone, I'm sorry, I, I can't play your recital this year, but please ask me again in the future. Mm -hmm. right. it, it's something that um, I, I've gotten a little better at. It, you know, it doesn't make me feel good necessarily. But <laughs> well, I think you're just say, you were just saying yes to something else. That's kind of the way I look at it. You weren't saying necessarily no, you're saying yes to something else. That's a nice Which was interesting to degree. <laughs> yeah. You know, a really good thing about um, with Susan, one of the things that she does very consistently is in mapping out, not, not mapping out just coursework, but also mapping out, particularly for the, the performance majors because of all the recitals, when they need to do their recitals, when they're going to do their chamber music recital, uh, and including that as part of the, the, and the, the course plan, too. and the comps too. Mm -hmm. And now that we have a, a system where you can finish your theory coursework and do the theory comp, finish your history comp work and do or history courses and do the history comp, uh, I think that planning ahead is really even more important for finishing. And on time. if you need information on the comp exams, listen to episode one of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to do a plug. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Aris, what what resources challenges the finishing? What would? Oh, the biggest the biggest challenge for me was the theory comp, and that was because as an undergraduate student, I was never really super. I I passed my theory classes, 
But it was never a comfortable thing, mm-hmm. even as an undergraduate. And then I took 18 years off yeah. to do the teaching you thing. You didn't do a lot yeah, of theory in the, while you were teaching middle school in North Carolina? <laughs> middle school band music. Practice, one, four, five, you didn't analyze, analyze scores? or no, I mean, not so one, much. four, five, one. Right? <laughs> one. Six. Oh. I mean, right. so, Maybe a secondary path. <laughs> Ooh, mm, Maybe. Maybe. Depends on, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so that was a particular challenge for me. And yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here just shaking my head at myself as to like how big of a challenge that was. And for me, I I just had to commit myself. It's like you, you really have never been real solid with this. Mm-hmm. So you need to do what you need to do to fix that. So I took suggestions from people on theory books to purchase that would help me study. Uh, we actually created a study group amongst ourselves while Excellent. we were here to, you know, and it was all sorts of people, comp majors and choral people, orchestra. It was all of us who just came together and, and we created a study group and we met each time that we were going to take it. Um, and then on top of that, I just communicated with Professor Callahan. And, and, you know, if I didn't pass, it's like, okay, where was I score-wise? What do you see that I need to continue to study to be more prepared for taking this again? So, I mean, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a situation where you could very easily have gone, okay, I'm done. I just, I can't deal with this. I, this is too hard, whatever. But I'm just kind of that person. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's great. You know, anyway. Well, this is such great information for our students, and I really appreciate you sharing that with us. If there was one thing that you wish you could tell our master's and doctoral students right now, if it was just one thing or last word of advice, what would that be? Who, I don't know who wants to start. Just be open. Be open to all things MSU and MSU College of Music because it's it's – you will learn a ton in your time here if you are just open to the possibilities. Spartans will, right? Exactly. <laughs> that, that's Spartans so funny. will pass the theory comp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's really funny because I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Some no of the best, way, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the best advice I've ever gotten, I mean, as a musician overall, because mu- musicians, we, we can't, like in other fields, it's, it's hard for us to, to answer the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? It's really hard to predict mm-hmm. as a musician. And so um, the best advice I think I've ever gotten was from my piano teacher here, and that was be open to the possibilities that come your way. Uh, and that could be professionally, uh, and that could be here as a grad student too. For instance, like playing for ensembles mm-hmm. or what have you. Uh, my experience playing orchestral piano in the symphony here mm-hmm. helped me uh, helped me win the <coughs> audition for Lansing Symphony <coughs> when that came up. So anyway, uh, I would just echo that. Can I layer something onto that? And be prepared. So that when those opportunities <laughs> yeah, come sure. to you, you can take them. Sure. Because mm-hmm. that's that's huge. It's, it's not one or the other, it's both. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, well, since you already have... Sorry. Like, <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I'll say be professional. Um, don't treat yourself as a student. I mean, like, of course you want to respect your teacher, but it's really important just treat yourself as a young professional because if you are, um, pre- always be prepared for your, like, ensemble playing, you don't know maybe next time you'll get a gig from, from someone. 
um, and uh, and one or one just one add one resource um, that I remember I was taking several uh, audition when I was graduate student and I remember I just begged the um, orchestra conductor to listen me play and have a mock audition and I thought I was super super helpful so you know like you want to prepare like you are a professional not like a student yeah, and actually, I'll just add to that. Yeah, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. um, or or to maybe go out of your way to ask for an opportunity. Uh, the the worst that someone can say is no. Uh, but for example, the the MSU orchestra um, <clears throat> was doing Petrushka, which has a big orchestral piano part, and I was really excited to play that. I, I was aware of the part; I'd never played it before. Um, but I I asked, so I, I asked if. I could somehow do that, and and it happened. Um, so I don't think it would have happened if I hadn't asked about it and said that I was excited mm-hmm. about it. So sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being part of this, um, and your comments I'm sure are going to be really helpful to our students. And I also want to thank our listeners. Uh, we appreciate your feedback on our podcast and are open to hearing. If you have a subject you'd like us to cover, you can send your ideas and comments to my email. Um, and also, next month, be sure to tune in for Episode 3, which is Deciding on Summer Courses and Opportunities with our guest, Christine Beamer. So thanks again for being here. I appreciate your time. And thanks again for listening. Until next time. <laughs>